that time, everybody. Catch Talk Wednesday, BBS. Another Wednesday episode. Catch Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. What's going on, TB? Not a whole lot. It's the it's fall. We're getting in the heart of uh, baseball playoffs. We got uh, our football seasons progressing, and from right where I'm sitting, we can see basketball season is going to start soon. So it's a great time to be alive, as they say. It really is. It really is. Everything is popping off right now. Stuff is overlapping. Just you know, we we hitting the gauntlet portion of the football schedule. First hurdle has been cleared. We done hopped over Florida, and now we got the sights on LSU. Uh, five and zero. Oh. Uh, finally got ranked. Uh, finally beat the Gators for the first time in Lexington since we were nine years old. All, all kind of stuff, man. Yeah, I know that's the the big talk around these parts was uh, the Cats uh, taking on Florida and dispatching some old uh, some old uh, ghosts <laughs> and and getting a much needed win and it's how they're doing it. We let's talk about that. You know, we've kind of talked about the change in culture of what Stoops, uh, Coach Mark Stoops, has done. And now he's getting some national pub. I'm seeing a lot of national folks uh, from Kirk Herb Street to the SEC guys give Coach Stoops some love. Uh, you know, when he took over years ago, and it's hard to believe he's the longest tenured coach behind Nick Saban in the SEC. Uh, you know, he came in, he was not a sexy pick. If you remember, a lot of Kentucky fans wanted uh, Bobby Petrino and, and wanted some wanted a sexy name and when he got hired it seemed like he was the uh, when it came to media he was the least savvy of the Stoops brothers yeah <laughs> like we got <laughs> there's there was Bob uh, and his legendary run in Oklahoma uh, and he wasn't known for <laughs> his media love but it looked like we got the dry one <laughs> and, and and it wasn't sexy you know he did not come in talking about we're gonna throw the ball we're gonna do this trickeration we're gonna do all this that and the other he he told us we're gonna build a foundation and it's gonna be a process uh, it was a trust the process scenario and, and we've talked about a lot of uh, there's been a lot of ink spilled, a lot of ink used talking about the buildup from the two wins to the five wins to the seven wins. But it's the way that he's done it that has just been the most satisfying and baffling. Not really baffling, but I didn't think you could come to Kentucky and beat the big boys at the big boys game. Yeah, We can talk about games being closer than they should and we can talk about all that kind of stuff but Kentucky the last few years they are physically imposing their will on the other team now obviously they're not undefeated there have been some hiccups but there's nothing quirky about these Kentucky wins and you can try to 
dismiss or denigrate what Stoops has done, as some people have. But as my dad used to say, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And when the defense need to make a stand, I want to say they, uh, Florida got first and goal with like almost three minutes left in the game. You know, they were, they were in the red zone and everybody kept saying, I saw it on Twitter. Like, oh, you know, we've seen this before. No, we haven't. The defense played well. The defense shut it down, and 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 they they pushed Florida around. That's what we're not used to seeing. That's how Kentucky has been winning. That's going to be its bread and butter. We are going to push you around. And this is not to say that the air raid wasn't fun. You know, I I like scoring forty points a game like everybody else. But Mark Stoops has found a formula. And it works because we have all seen it. When you get a high-scoring team in a low-scoring game, they can't adapt, right? We've seen it. The greatest show on turf, the Rams, for all of their offensive prowess, only won one Super Bowl, right? We, 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 we've seen that. And at the college level, it's not so much – the, the, the teams with all these high scoring offenses like Hawaii with Tommy Chang uh, and Colt Brennan, you know, uh, those those Houston teams with the run and shoot with Andre Ware and David Klinger. I know I'm taking it back. They won a lot of games, but they didn't win the big games. The big games go to the teams that can man up and control the line of scrimmage. And that's what Kentucky's done. Both sides of the ball. So you have to tip your hat to Coach Stoops and his staff to get us to this point. Uh, Looking back at Saturday specifically, uh, Florida just got rattled. Uh, A lot of folks uh, talk about the defense that they play. Uh, Not a lot of blitzing, a lot of keep everything in front of you. And uh, a friend of the show, Van Howes, on our spaces last night, and in some of his breakdowns because some folks last night were saying you know why do we play this defense we should be blah 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 and and van made an interesting point it's frustrating the defense that kentucky's playing number one the cornerbacks are a little young right we don't have mike edwards we don't have chris 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 westry back there we don't have dudes that are playing in lonnie johnson we don't have the nfl dudes back there on the back end so you can't do what you used to do when you had those uh, juniors and seniors on the back end. But you keep everything in front of you and you get frustrated because most quarterbacks don't want to dink and dunk down the field. You know, the, the problem with Missouri was, but that's what Missouri wants to do. Yeah. So that wasn't really taking them out. Of the game. They will get you, who wants to throw a three-yard completion? Like, that's not why you're playing the quarterback position, right? You know, three, four yards. That's frustrating. And you could tell that Emory Jones for Florida got frustrated because he's wanting to take the shots. The deep shots aren't there. He's holding it, holding it, holding it, waiting, and then trying to check it down. And by that time, the defense is there, right? So the way Kentucky's playing defense, 
is frustrating uh, to a lot of teams. And and you get them in a third third and long, and that's when the defense can pin their ears back, and uh, Josh Pascal can just be ridiculous uh, oh, with man. it. <laughs> I mean, Reaching it was heaven. just a, a top to bottom, and and I, and I think more and more people are just saying, look, we are not trying to win style points, and I think what people want is. They want Kentucky to beat Florida 70-3 to like what used to happen with Steve Spurrier. That's not going to happen. right? Like We're not going to be able to get that revenge. Now, we can beat them, and we've been competitive in the SEC, especially against Florida, with that. But now we've got dudes. Now we've got a scheme that can help seal the deal. You know, it's like years ago uh, when you – L was on that winning streak against Kentucky three or four games and they made it seem like there was this wide gap between Kentucky and Louisville and I said on here you and I had conversations the gap isn't that wide it just always seemed like Louisville had one dude that could kind of make a difference Devontae Parker uh, Lamar Jackson they'd always have one dude well, now, Kentucky's got those dudes. Dudes you have to account for, right? And what we talked about in the offseason was, hey, if we can get something on the edges and down the field, that's going to make it really easy for Chris Rodriguez to run. And that's what happened. Because now, Dan Mullen said, I don't know who Wondell Robinson He does now. <laughs> you, you know, and and, and and getting Wandale in space, getting Josh oh. Ali on the edges. I know he's going to be injured, and we'll we'll talk about that. But it's a game changer for Kentucky. He was just like a Lambo in traffic. He, he caught the pass. He had to. He kind of waited and let his block set up, and still accelerated past the pursuit that was coming behind him. And then, you know, he was just breaking ankles after that. Just just wrecking dudes, Achilles out in space. And this is Florida we're talking about. This ain't, this ain't you know, uh, Eastern Michigan's defense. This is Florida. Who was, he was just went through them like a knife and butter on that. That little bitty quick pass and just yards after catch was insane. And, and, and we've got dudes that can make SEC plays. And, and what we've talked about for years is going back to when we were in school in the mid to late 90s, which seems like two generations ago, uh, we all, Kentucky had SEC caliber players. Right? Like, like I don't want to, to, to kind of cover up just because the on-the-field success, the wins and losses weren't there. Kentucky had dudes. Uh, there was a graphic that Anthony White shared talking about uh, uh uh, players in the SEC that were thousand-yard rushers and a thousand-yard receivers, and there were three Kentucky Wildcats. Mm-hmm. And and the, and the one dude that kind of gets overlooked, Raphael Little. Like you, he's yeah. he's you know my Keith Bogan All Stars for for men's hoops. He's that way for football because you forget how good he was, and then you're like you go looking through Kentucky record books, you're like, oh, he was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, and and for Kentucky to have Little and uh, Anthony White at the same time, wow. So we've had dudes. 
the issue has been you got to have you know more than a couple of dudes you got to have dudes on both sides of the ball you got to be able to go deep yeah and that's what we saw when McCall goes out yep and the defense doesn't miss a beat yep because when he went out I'm saying to myself uh oh and Florida wasn't able to take advantage of because for the first time we're able to say next man up and you've got another SEC caliber guy and if Justin Rogers is the you know we we're still wrapping our head around him committing because he was a five star out of Detroit and he you know I don't hadn't played a ton you know you saw Oxendine of course McCall was he kind of took over that Bohanna role because he's the veteran he's an old head now because Phil Hoskins is gone Bohanna's gone McCall's stepping in and you know he, he's a veteran Oxendine and Josiah Hayes had played there had been a lot of Rodgers and then Saturday you're kind of forced to play Rodgers because you didn't have McCall and like you said in the 90s if if you have injuries like Kentucky had Saturday they were going to wear down anyway without the depth and then you add in a couple injuries to the first stringers it's a wrap Saturday they, they didn't miss a beat you lose McCall you lose Josh Ali uh, the second option uh, so now everybody can really focus in on Wondell and, and still were able to, to get the win right and, and that's what it takes you know uh you look at last year with Alabama. Jalen Waddle gets injured. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Smith goes and wins the Heisman. Uh, I watched a video, uh, kind of funny in retrospect. Uh, Secret Base used to be SB Nation where they do those moment in time, where they kind of look at a moment in time and they give you the before, the after, the ramifications. The funny thing was they were talking about uh, Ohio State uh, beating Alabama in 2015 and the I guess Sugar Bowl and how that was supposed to end the SEC's dominance and I'm like the SEC then won four of the next six championships so I don't know that that part of the theory doesn't hold up but they were talking about how when Urban Meyer and we're going to get to him got to Ohio State was building up Ohio State's talent because remember Cardale Jones was the third string quarterback right you know, yeah. so so if you are going to be, you've got to have all conference. You've got to have quality guys across your two deep. They, they can't be all 2001 Miami, but you need dudes kind of across the board to do that. And with Kentucky, now you can look and you can honestly say, we've got that. The drop off from one to two isn't that steep you can still get quality plays and again this is florida and florida has been one of those teams even though we've played them close if you look down the four star five star recruiting florida probably still has more talent now the gap is close it's closer than it has been but florida is probably more talented but what Kentucky makes to, to close that gap, it's scheme, and as Van Howe says, it's, it's people doing their job. It's people doing their job, particularly on the defensive end, that has really helped Kentucky get to this point. 
because they they should have been you know we, we talk about woulda shoulda coulda we all remember the the, the play clock on zero in Gainesville they ended up winning 36 to 30 this was this was early in the Stoops tenure where they're still just winning five games and not being able to get to a bowl yet and he was going with you know toe to toe with Florida then and now like you said they still have more talent but he's closed the gap. He was really outmanned then and was still, you know, beating them and, and going toe-to-toe. Should have had some wins. Like you mentioned in his press conference, when he wink, wink. Maybe if we get a call at the end of the game, the leaving the receivers uncovered, that was two or three years ago. Still maybe not on their level yet, but you're still going toe-to-toe. He, he hasn't been scared of Florida since he's been here. And, it, you know, <laughs> he's, been, he's got wins against Florida in Gainesville, got wins against Florida in Lexington. Same thing with Knoxville. It's him and Frank Hersey and Blanton Collier. That's it. That's got wins in Gainesville and Knoxville and in Lexington against Tennessee and Florida. That's it. If, if this is how I knew that Stoops was the right guy. This was during, I think it was the first five-win season. It was the Mississippi State game. Mississippi State was actually pretty good. Dan Mullen was there. And they were ranked, and it was a tight, tight game. The difference was I saw the players, particularly on the defense, being in the right position, but they just couldn't make that play. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of times with Kentucky teams, historically speaking, and I'm not trying to speak ill of anybody, but you would just see, particularly on defense, guys just not in, like, how are these receivers getting that wide open? How, like, there's no one there. Well, Stoops came and we started having people in the right spot, right? And they would make that tackle and what used to go for 20 yards would go for 10. Those, yeah. those little plays. And then you started seeing people making those plays where receiver caught it, dude stuck him, no cart, no yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then you started seeing, okay, now they can't throw those routes. You know, now the running backs are getting hit in the back. Like, there's a, there's a difference. The scheme has been sound, and now we've got guys that can go out and execute at the SEC level. So the progression of what we're seeing is, hey, this is how you get to 5-0 and and, and 3-0. and uh, So with the Florida win, look, you know, Florida fans, all oh, the block kick. Look, that's just football. There's nothing <laughs> fluky. Like, stuff like that just happens. I mean, they can't whine about that. There's, you go to Alabama-Auburn back in the 70s, and they, that's where they, like, named the games. There's an Alabama-Auburn game called Punt Bama Punt because Auburn blocked two punts. Auburn had to kick six just yeah. a few years ago. Like those, <laughs> like those plays happen. Those aren't fluky, freaky plays. Those just they just happen. Mm-hmm. And and so what I like about this team is the resiliency we've seen the last few seasons. One bad play doesn't become three or four. We've yeah. all seen Kentucky teams where they have a turnover, the other team gets the ball, they score, Kentucky gets the ball back three and out, other team scores again, 
and now it's gone from 7-3 to 21-3, and the game has now gotten away from it. Mm-hmm. The good thing, and I'm not trying to, you know, because I know how snarky other fan bases can be, oh, you know, uh, you're, you're getting better. Okay, whoop you do Well, yeah, it's a process, <laughs> right? Like, the, the game, <laughs> Kentucky, the blowout factor is gone. Yep. Now, I know last year, I think the Florida game got out of hand, uh, yeah. but everything last year is kind of with the, not with an asterisk, but, you know, there's a paragraph explaining why last year was a little bit stranger. Mm-hmm. But these teams, you can't really blow them out because of how they play on both sides of the ball. You talk about resiliency. You you talk about everybody being nervous because, you know, Florida's got it and fixing to drive the tie. Kentucky stopped them, and and then you have a face mask, and they have to go out and do it again. They yeah. get eight cracks inside the ten, not just yeah. four. I mean, four is hard. That's that's you know tippy cap. That's impressive enough. They're like, okay, we got them. You breathe that sigh of relief. Oh, we got to go back out here and do it again because you know it was, you know, it was like yeah, like Stoop said, it was effort play. It was inadvertent face mask, but. It was the right call. He grazed his face mask. So now we got a, a new set of downs. Have to distance to the goal line. Surely to God, oh Lord, they're definitely gonna punch it in now. Nope. Four and out again. Four and out again. Um Pasco, like you mentioned, Jacquez Jones. Uh, Jones gets that key deflection again, you know. In the end zone, saving the touchdown. He did the same thing against Chattanooga. Yeah. Unexpected technical difficulty, but we are back. Man, I don't, I don't know what happened, but no, it wasn't. When my, I didn't like hang up like I used to. I used to hang us up and click us off. It wasn't. With my fat finger this time, it was just uh, it just kind of just fizzled out. So, so much connection, but yeah, the, how resilient they had to stop them eight times. The face mask, and everybody went back out there and said, "Okay, we'll stop them again." They went four and out again, and, and it was it was it was the defense. You yeah. know, the offense they missed on that third and two because you're thinking, "Okay, just run out the clock." But, you know, I, some people, I thought it was a good call, but the execution wasn't there. But to still have the, the, the faith in your defense to hold, that's that's great. That's great. Uh, I'm going to use this space now to uh, a mea culpa of sorts. I was uh, kind of rough on our fans uh, last week talking about the, the shirts for the stadium half being blue, half being white. Yeah, yeah. Side with Matt Jones on that. I saw that. Well, no, well, no. We'll see. The, 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 he said it won't work. Just <laughs> yeah. out of out of pocket, right? And and I said, well, you know, it can. That a lot of people, oh, we're not going to do it. I'm like, other other places do it. Like yeah. other places do the shirt thing. Now, granted, a lot of places like Iowa. They have their schedule set. Like this weekend against Penn State, uh, I think they're doing like a checkerboard pattern. 
So they kind of they kind of know, and other other stadiums do it. You know, Tennessee will do a checkerboard pattern. Yeah. You know, other places they'll do stripes. They'll do whatever. Um, and a, my whole thing was the reason, like, just say you don't want to do the shirt thing, but the reasons you're giving me don't don't add up. Well, you know, they need to give away the shirts. I checked with Iowa. They don't. They don't give away 67,000 free shirts. <laughs> they don't. Everybody just wears what they're supposed to wear. They for, just for they, according and, to section. And yeah, it's not a look, it's not 100%. There's always going to be outliers. But yeah. they do it enough where it looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they could just leave the shirts out. Not in a out not outdoors. Yeah. From from bird droppings to whatever you can't and just the manpower <laughs> it would take to lay out shirts, 67,000 shirts. Will they do it for basketball? Yeah. Ole Miss does it for the basketball because there's only 5,000 people there. Like, <laughs> it's different. It's just, it's just different. Well, they can pass them out to when people come in. You know, people will go into Kroger Field on one side and then sit on the other. Like, no, no, no. It's just where. So, long story short, saw the picture. It looked great. And not only did it look great, it sounded great. Eight oh, false starts for Florida could have been more. I mean, the crowd was into it from the get-go, mm-hmm. and so I tip my hat to uh, the Big Blue Nation in Kroger Field. You could feel it on TV. It was obvious Florida was feeling it. Uh, you know, I I, I think a situation like that and I've seen it not just in that game but at some point in your offensive repertoire you need to be able to go under center yeah I mean, and communicate with your offensive linemen at some point because Kentucky just went to South Carolina and I mean the offense didn't light it up but you didn't see us having you know 20, 27 false starts right they still and it was wild down there in Columbia like it always is it was a night game it was their first time having fans back in the stadium full. They sold out. Their coach was talking about, you know, sell it out, pack it out for Kentucky two weeks in advance. They hadn't even played Georgia yet, and he was on Twitter talking about pack the house, pack Williams Bryce for Kentucky. So, and we didn't go down there and and and, and just crap the bed like Florida did. It was it was just crazy how they fell apart like that. Right and. You know, just watching it, a lot of times it's usually the left guard watches the, if you, you kind of watch this, left guard will see what the quarterback is doing and then tap the center to snap the ball. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is, it's too many parts. It's it's too many parts to, to do that. Especially if you've got offensive linemen, they're listening for an auditory signal right and so if there's a delay between the touch like it just it was a, a in, in florida they couldn't fix it yeah. I, I i don't know at some point you've got to figure out something but if you have like two of the faults they were like back to back like how does that dan alaski was like how how do teams still keep trying to use the clap in this loud of an environment, he was kind of confused on the broadcast. He's like, "Why are they still trying to clap?" And you know, it was it was right. 
you know, tripping him up. And 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 with the Florida quarterback not being, I mean, it wasn't Peyton Manning back there. It wasn't somebody that had been on the road to see a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, I, I just think he got rattled, and so you get anxious because you got a bunch of false starts. You're they're only giving you those four or five yard completions, maybe ten. You can't go down the road and. You know, it's like, or down the field, it's like you and I say all the time, you, you put a little game pressure on them, you know, where you got to go down and get a get a touchdown. It's, it's you know, sometimes you get that lemon booty. And so it. you get a lot of moving parts there. And it was a good win, not a fluke win. Uh, I know you look at the, you can look at the stats and Florida did this. Look, Kentucky played well enough to win. You know, we get hung up on, who deserves to win the team with the most points deserves to win mm-hmm. and that's what Muller was trying to talk about he went out coached and we had more yards and we did this and this and that they did outgain Kentucky but they didn't come near the 500 whatever yards they were averaging a game they were over three something but it, they, they were way down from what they've been doing all year and my point that I've made I made to a Tennessee fan I'll make to Florida fans if after you know for a stretch there Tennessee had won like what 38 out of 39 <laughs> you know Florida had won all this stuff and now the la- they're two and two and the last yeah. four against both of those mm-hmm. I, you know I understand I'm not pumping my chest out being like you know hey we're two and two but two and two is a whole lot better than over 30. Ooh. oh man and I was thinking about the other day because you know, Kentucky losing streak to Tennessee started in 84. Vanderbilt losing streak to Tennessee started in 82. But they broke theirs in 05. Jay Cutler to Earl Bennett. And, you know, I was, I was you know, happy for Vanderbilt and, and hoping maybe Kentucky could beat them. We had to wait another six years before we could even beat Tennessee. It went until 2011. And, and Vanderbilt went to Knoxville and beat them to end it so we were still up here suffering and, and miserable <laughs> hoping that which year would be the year and, and Vanderbilt had already broke the streak that's how bad it was for us right so once and uh, if you are Florida or Tennessee and you start well you know we outgained them and converted better third downs <laughs> okay you know that is uh, Kentucky losing to Ole Miss in men's basketball and we talk about our free throw percentage like mm-hmm. that ain't what we're here for like that is no like no if, if you are the superior program you can't do that and the denial yeah. is still down here there's still touchdown is beat Florida it's still still trying to throw shade as the Kentucky ain't really that good yet. Oh, okay, all right then. And I, I told you we play Florida better than y'all would, and we did. Before got blown out, and we beat them. So I, I told y'all we was gonna play them better than y'all. But you still want to keep saying Kentucky's offense, and the Kentucky's offense does need to try to get clicking. You do need to kind of get some more points and take pressure off defense. We all know that. Will Levis knows that. Liam Cohen knows that. We, they're not trying to not be productive it's just a little bit off and 
you've heard Cal State in basketball, oh, Keon is coming. Oh, we can see it in practice. He's about to break out. And you kind of get the feeling that's the thing with this offense. Oh, we like what we're doing. And they're going to break out of it and have a a big game and and put up some points. And Wondell's going to do good. And Levis is going to throw the ball. And it's all about to just pop. You can just kind of feel it. Yeah, you know, look, it, it it's we got a first year starter at quarterback. Mm-hmm. We've got a brand new uh, offensive coordinator that is making the the conversion from the NFL to uh, college. It's going to take time. We've got an offensive line that has been pretty much run blocking the whole time. We've yeah. got uh, a new player like Wandale who's been spectacular. Yeah. Uh, you know we've we so it's a process and I, I, I again we we can't you can't shortchange the process right I, I would be shocked if we were coming out scoring 40 points a game uh it's going to take a little bit of time uh-huh. simply because uh i know that uh coach cohen has got some concepts that he wants to 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 do but if you've got c-rod and that offensive line we're probably running more than he generally likes, but you have to use that weapon, which is why he's leading the SEC in rushing. Mm-hmm. is leading the SEC in receiving. And so they still mean, haven't clicked yet. He's still leading the league in receiving. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I, I get everyone's frustration because, you know, I don't know how this, do you remember? I guess it was in 2018 or 2017. Uh, Kentucky played 12 games and, and 10 of them came down to last possession. Yeah. Like even that Tennessee game that they won Tennessee was like, you know, they had crossed the 50. They're th- trying to throw into the end zone to yeah. win the thing with Steven Johnson. Yeah. So look I get it. I want to have one of those, you know, can I have one of those games where it's just an easy game? Can I have a breather game please? <laughs> but you know, I, I think for the players it, it's better that they have it this way. You know, you you can't disengage. You've got to be focused for the full sixty minutes. You know that way. If you do get one of those kind of blowout games, you know maybe down the road against Vandy, against Louisville, <laughs> against <laughs> you know uh, who, who's the team we got at the end of the year. Oh. Uh. I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but you know who I'm talking about. New Mexico or New Mexico? Yeah, yeah, New Mexico, New Mexico State, one of those. It's the one uh, that Kay Wilson's not at, whichever. I think he's at New Mexico. So I think we got New Mexico State or something like that. Right, right, right. So, you know, you have one of those games, but uh, there's that. And, and like I said earlier, you're not going to go from losing 30 of 39, you know, of, of 32 games and then start blowing Florida out, you know, and then start blowing, you know, you know, these teams out. That's not going to happen. I saw someone, you know, tweet now, well, you know, maybe Bo Allen will get some work against LSU. And I want to pump, pump the brakes, man. Like, LSU. You didn't get work against Chattanooga. <laughs> yeah. You know, LSU is not the Joe Burrow LSU, not the Kevin Falk LSU, not the, uh, you know, the Les Miles era LSU. They're still LSU. Yeah, and, and, and saying that you're going to be disappointed if the backup quarterback doesn't get work, what do you like? We are not to that point yet. 
Now they got some issues. They got some injuries. They got you know Stingley, the corner Van came on, and when 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 Kelvin Joseph was transferring to Kentucky, Van broke down his game, and he you know, talked about how good Stingley was. And you know Stingley is an All American. He's out, which you know that's the best defender that's not going to be on Wondell. Their other safety is out. Major Burns is out. But they look. Louisiana, man, it's five stars just, just, just falling out of trees down there. We know it's always been that way. Uh, they still got a talent. They lost to Auburn. Hot. They're desperate, so it's it's in. You know they're coming up here kind of like Chris Berman. They're gonna circle the wagons. You know, they're wounded. They're backed into a corner, so they're going to fight for their coach. They're, they're coming in hungry. So, yeah, they got some guys out, and they're not as good as they were a couple years ago, but they it's not going to be, you know, 56 to nothing Kentucky and Bo Allen in in the third quarter. That ain't happening. No, no, no. And, and, and we're not to the point where we chalk that up as, <laughs> as some kind of systemic failure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I, I tweeted this out, and I said, look, We've done a pretty good job as a fan base. We make regular season wins meaningless, right? If it's not beating Duke or Kansas, we, you know, if we win, it's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. generally speaking. You know, uh, you know, if you beat Utah, like you, nobody cares. You know, maybe whoever decides to be good in the SEC, we care about that. But we just get ho hum about. Uh, wins in men's basketball and okay i can see that but no we can't do that with football we can't hold home an sec win no <laughs> like oh well you know missouri yeah yeah that, that still counts you know my question is missouri in the sec yes did we beat missouri yes so it counts as an sec win is south carolina sec yes did we beat them yes done deal is for the SEC. Yes. Did we beat them? Yes. Okay. So we're three on the SEC. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, so uh, I know we got that. T- we got this tough stretch. There's there's LSU this weekend. You don't want to. And people, well, we don't want to look ahead to Georgia. Who's looking ahead? Like it's <laughs> LSU. <laughs> and 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 weirdly enough, we've had. You know, LSU is the t- SEC team that I rarely kind of think about. But if you look at the games, particularly men's basketball and uh, football, we've had some great ones. You know, there's been the Bluegrass Miracle. Uh, there was the game uh, we beat LSU in 96 or 97. And my man uh, used to hang with Ray McLaurin, came in off the bench, scored two touchdowns. So we've had some crazy games against LSU. Obviously, the 07 triple overtime game. So I wouldn't think of LSU as a rival, but we've had a lot of great games. Yo. And uh, (laughs) speaking of, they were breaking down the. Bluegrass Miracle last night with, you know, in-depth kind of frame by frame and how it went from the instant, uh, which that was, you know, we didn't need to see that because it was kind of like every time they showed a late in the shot again, you know, we don't really have to see that. 
But uh, Alyssa Lang was the one that was doing it on SEC Network. But she she made a bet, and she's holding up her end to it in, in like 20 minutes. Instead of Kentucky beat Florida, she was going to do the mayonnaise coffee because that's what Will Levis did. He did the banana. Then the other day, he was in what looked like Joseph's putting some mayonnaise in his coffee and sipping it. And she said if Kentucky won, she would put mayonnaise in her coffee. So she's going to do that at 7 o'clock on uh, Out of Pocket on SEC Network. So I I think I would do eat a banana hole before I put mayonnaise in some coffee if I got to pick between those two. That's just me. Yeah, you know, good for Will Levis uh, and all this stuff, but uh, he going to need to put a big game together for me to get on board like he's gonna have things gonna have to come together and and look i'm not i'm not slacking the young man because again we're winning mm-hmm. but all that kind of stuff can only go but so far Yo. and and look he's making winning plays he's getting flushed out of the pocket he's he's throwing his body around he's leaping uh guys he's doing the the hurdle he's doing all that kind of stuff and, he, and that goes a long way uh-huh. you know? he ran over uh, the dude from missouri he just he yeah. plowed that dude yeah so he can come back to the huddle and say okay you know he's 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 laying it out for the team that's what you want from your quarterback but uh i'm gonna need to say a little bit more uh not so much the deep stuff we got to hit the intermediate stuff yeah there's been a couple of times trying to hit smoke out of the backfield and the ball's on the wrong shoulder and, and, and smoke's got a, you know, I think he's dropped the last couple. So, uh, Will, you, look, I'm, I'm team Will. I, I, I'm not saying we need to bench him or anything like that. But, you know, obviously there's room for improvement. And I'd rather have room for improvement after a win than after a loss. Yeah. So, uh, because I think what happens when we do this myth making when it comes to sports we think that great players or great teams uh, are always great like if you ask the average Kentucky fan the 96 team beat everybody by 30 points right that's what the mindset is well that's not accurate Uh, I went to a game that season and it was Wisconsin Green Bay they had this dude this this he looked like he could have been playing for Vandy, this white dude with frosted tips that was giving us the business. <laughs> and it was only like an eight or nine point win. But he, but I say that we think that, you know, Peyton Manning threw for 400 yards all the time. No, he didn't. No, no, no. You know, there were some games you pass for a buck 50 and you try to, you try to win. Uh-huh. And so that's what I think we need to kind of, you know, and it's human nature. You make whatever is great you make that the bare minimum like well michael jordan could have hit that shot okay yeah you know yeah you know how come that guy didn't catch it michael Irvin would have caught it yeah okay you know know, emmett smith would have cut in the okay 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 you know so you know we've got to have a little bit of of grace with particularly with these kids yeah and i've i've listened to y'all and it's like you said the 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 mid-range stuff the intermediate stuff hitting the short passes and and getting a little more accurate Uh, and i think like like van was saying that he was like just a runner at penn state he never really had a chance to 
know, come in and throw. He, you know, Clifford beat him out and kept having that job and all that. And so it maybe he is trying to, you know, not have labels put on him and, and stuff like that. But like you said, just get just a little accurate stuff, a little touch stuff. Those interceptions, you know, guys could make a tough catch, but they're having to reach back and it's behind them. And then that's why it's getting tipped and picked off. And just all those little bitty, little bitty things that if they get it cleaned up, they'll they'll probably be off and running. Right. And, and look, this is the stuff, again, when you look at the progression, now we're to the point where it's just like little stuff. Because we know we can compete. Man to man, we can compete. With, with any team in the SEC. And I'm going to say any team. I know Georgia's looming, right? That's going to be a big test uh, down in Athens. It's going to be a test. But I don't feel like, man, we don't have a shot. I know what that feels like as a fan. As Kentucky fans, we know. Like, man, why is this Florida game on 330 in the SEC Network and Steve Spurrier's over there? Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> Like, you know, and, and again, I'm not trying to slack and, and demean the coaches and players that we have. Like, Van House, friend of the show, friend of ours, you know, Anthony White. Like, we had dudes that could play. But team for team, it wasn't the same. And you knew that going in. And the last few seasons, I don't have that. I don't know, you know, no matter who we're playing, I, I feel good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty confident coming into Florida. You know, we don't, we never felt that way. <laughs> but these past few years, we've been able to feel that way because, like you mentioned last year, it got out of hand. But for the most part, these games have come down to the to the final buzzer. Uh, feel confident about LSU this coming this coming Saturday. I was the one that was like nine and three and, and couldn't really. Get so if you go say ten and two, you go feel confident pretty much every single game on the schedule. You know, Georgia's is Georgia's the only team Stoops hasn't beaten yet. He's got multiple wins now against everybody else. So that's that's the target. Uh, that's the one where we still haven't seen them quite get there yet. But you you like your chances this year, even though it is down there. Uh, well, last year was fourteen to three. In, in Lexington. So, you know, that wasn't a, a, a mop in the floor with Kentucky then. It, it was 14 to 3. Right. And, and look, we are not, and this is when people, well, you're celebrating mediocrity. No, but don't be dumb. Like, <laughs> you, can, you can say, man, you can notice that the gap is getting closer. Like, I don't think that that's a bad thing. Like, I, 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 I don't. I don't think it's celebrating mediocrity because, hey, man, I'm seeing improvement. Like, I don't, I don't think that that's like people that go that route. It's like, how do you operate in life? Life is not black and white. You know, it's like watching your kid take its first steps. The kid's going to fall down. Mm-hmm. The kid ain't going to start running like Usain Bolt from the jump. Like that's doesn't, that's not how it works. You know, you don't just go, Pfft. you don't know how to walk stupid baby. No, you understand they're making progress. You know, when the kids learn their ABCs, they get stuck on P. You don't just go, Pfft. it's just no. 26 letters. <laughs> no, you celebrate that kind of stuff. Like, that's like, I don't understand. 
you know, I don't understand that. Like when your kid's doing double digit addition and they get it, you're like, awesome. You high five each other. Great. Like we understand the concept of progress and other things. Yep. Like, hey, we're getting close. That's that's what that's what all this that's what progress in the world is all about. Like, you know, you can't be sitting around with Thomas Edison like, man, you try to make this light bulb. We've been at this for 15 minutes. Like, that's not how things work. You have to acknowledge the progress to get to where you want uh, to be. So, uh, I feel good about it. Got a Florida, got the Florida win. Looking toward LSU, I feel confident in this one. I got to go back to the crowd real quick because we we acknowledge it. You know, Stoops acknowledged it. Uh, Our friend Tina Cox, Tina Cox, love her to death. You've been to Atlanta and back with her. I think you was recovering from Idaho when you was on your way to Atlanta with her. Uh, But you saw different media members at different points in times tweet that the press box was shaking, like literally shaking because of the crowd just being so into it from start to finish. And we know that that Tina isn't like a huge football fan. Okay on football. But she was there Saturday covering it for Larry Vault. And so I was just happy for her that she got to be there since she doesn't like football as much. I'm happy she got to be there for that game to see them beat Florida. And um, I think I texted her earlier and she was talking about, yeah, she was glad she was there too. Just it was really special. You know, first time you beat them in Lexington since '86. And Everybody was savoring it and, and able to storm the field and, and all that. And so I was just happy that Tina was there for that particular football game since she doesn't care for football as much as basketball. But yeah, it was, a, you know, living vicariously through through folks uh, that were there, the videos of people on the field and all that. It was great. And, and Kentucky football fans have been some of the most long-suffering fans. Uh, the attendance... You, you would think with the wins and losses, the attendance wouldn't be what it is. But Kentucky fans keep showing up, and this is for them as well. They've bought into what Stoops has been selling. So moments like that really are why sports stay special. Yep. Uh, for those kind of communal moments, uh, it, it's getting fewer and fewer areas of society where different people can all come together. And sports is still one of those places. Yeah. And, you know, uh, following different folks on the way to the stadium, uh, walking in, you know, Kentucky fans high five. And there was just an energy, you know, and I've, I've been there. You've covered games. I've covered games where we've had similar stuff, but it looked, it just felt a little bit different from what I was seeing and hearing this time. And, and so it was great. And for Kentucky to win with that goal line stand, hey, even better. I was getting texts from, from Tennessee fans down here, you know, congratulations because they hate Florida. You know, they hate Alabama. Even, you know, we've, we've beaten Florida more recently than them, but they were happy just to see somebody beat Florida, which is how I feel and and felt during the streak. I was just happy. Whoever can beat Tennessee, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I'm happy for them. But they were they were congratulatory texts. Oh, man, how about your cast? Cool, glad, cool seeing y'all beat the Gator. I can't return the favor and, and ever root for Tennessee in anything just 
you know, because I'm, you know, growing up along the border, I, I can't ever root for them. But I appreciate them being happy for Kentucky Saturday because they knocked off Florida. Uh, friend of the show, uh, Meredith Hornsby, Alabama fan. We had her on for two or three years straight when they were in the championship game. Tweeted us and just, you know, so happy for her Kentucky friends. She, you know, she's up there on the mountaintop as a Bama fan, but she took the time to, to give us some love for for beating the Gators and no doubt she'll be pulling for Kentucky again because they don't they don't care too much for LSU down in those parts. But cool to see her give us a shout out on social media Saturday night too. Yeah, so you know, that's that's one of those things. Uh Glad I saw that, you know, responded to her, you know, being an Alabama fan, they're in a different stratosphere right now. But uh, they they understand, and, and she's talked about it before, like, you know, the thing is going to be when the Alabama run ends, mm-hmm. whenever that is, and, you know, at some point it will, uh, you know, how that adjustment is going to be for her family. You know, she's got kids. That, this is all they know. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it hit me when Little Miss was, you know, a few years ago. She's like, hey, Kentucky needs to go to the Final Four. You know, because that was the thing was, like, you'll get a new T-shirt, new Kentucky something to make it to the Final Four. And then, you know, four Final Fours in her first seven years. And she's like, oh, this is how it goes. Like, no, this is – even for Kentucky, this isn't quite how it goes. So, uh, you know, folks can understand that. Yeah. So fun weekend, fun weekend, and gonna be another fun one. It's already sold out. So we're doing it all again this Saturday. Keeneland is there popping, so uh, you know that'll that'll be jumping to start the weekend as well. So it's gonna be a fun time in Lexington. Oh, absolutely. I mentioned our our buddies, La Terrain Watches, too. The people that help bring us the podcast haven't talked about them yet. La Terrain Watches, use the promo code CTW, Cats Talk Wednesday. Get 10% off your purchase. They got accessories. They got watches for men. They got watches for ladies. Um, All new Legacy is out. This Atlas watch, you can pre-order that. So go to La Terrain, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. And we're also coming to you on the Anchor app. But distributed through BS3 Radio. We've had Ben Sutter on the show. Things. We won the award for most consistent podcast at the BS3 Awards the other day. And proud to be a part of the BS3 umbrella. So definitely go to BS3.com as well. Follow them. and uh, The other podcast that we are associated with there. And don't forget uh, Play Action Pools. We had uh, Christian McCullum on, who's a Notre Dame fan who is licking wounds right now. And he had a close call against like Toledo. I think it was maybe it's just the Ohio thing with Notre Dame this year. They, they about lost to Toledo. They do lose to Cincinnati, but still go to play action. Football contest, pick them uh, straight up, pick against the spread, whatever you want to do. They got basketball coming, they got golf coming, all kinds of fun contests and games on there so appreciate everybody that helps the podcast come to you all and it it was it was crazy but you know Cincinnati they went into South Bend and they act like they own the place it wasn't no fluky win for them either no they 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 grinded it out man you know uh for for whatever reason uh you know I'm not gonna bash Notre Dame too too much they've you know kind of been living off of 
what happened before we were born for a long, long time. Thanks. Uh, I mean, look. You can throw shade at my Cowboys. You can throw shade at Notre Dame. I mean, the, the myth of Notre Dame uh, probably uh, well, the, the, the myth of Notre Dame is was always bigger than the results. Mm-hmm. And what hurt Notre Dame and you can you can look at programs like this like Texas and, and you know maybe even Michigan teams that were good up until the late 60s and the 70s and then what happened integration yeah. happened mm-hmm. and once schools in the south decided to integrate it's been game over it was game over when when Bear Bryant said, you know, after they lost to Michigan State, hey, give me some black guy. It game over. Particularly, you look at the last thirty years, from BCS to what was the BC? What was it? It, it was the Alliance. Was that before the BCS? Ooh. Anyway, what you know? Since we have come up the last twenty-five years. Who's been the good teams? The, the, the South, the, the teams. Oh, SEC last 25. <laughs> right, right. And that's that's when, you know, because he looked. And, and, and not to put too fine a point on it, you had a situation where in the 60s and 70s, they, you know, they didn't, they didn't want but so many black folks on the team. Let's just keep it real. And so once it became a thing of full integration, then it's like, oh, and the teams that were slower to integrate got lost, like Texas. Outside of Matt Brown and Vince Young, what has Texas done the last 30 years? Last 30 years? <laughs> Just the what, Ricky Williams and that's it. You know, but you know, and, and even with Ricky Williams, they 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 lost. You know, th- there was no sniff of that national championship. Oh nope, so when? You know, and so uh, all those teams that were good, even Notre Dame, outside of you know Tim Brown, <laughs> and you know the '93 uh, yeah. game that you know against Florida State. You know, what has Notre Dame done? I can't. I can't think of a Notre Dame team. Maybe the Brady Quinn era that where you were like, okay, they've got dudes, they can compete. Because anytime Notre Dame plays another school, the last twenty years, it's Notre Dame's got to do X, Y, and Z, and hope the other team does X, Y, and Z. You know, you look at their bowl games, and it's not just that they lose; they get blown out. Destroyed. They got blown out by Jamarcus Russell, and we all know that he wasn't even about studying playbooks. So, you know, and, and you look, you know, even Michigan, you know, one shared national championship in 40 years. Like, I mean, you know, I get the Texas and Michigan, their names, but, you know, I don't remember Michigan being great as an adult no because what yeah 
technically, I guess we weren't when when Charles Winston there. We weren't even twenty one. <laughs> yeah, you know, as, as, you know, and and so uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm you know, I've never been a fan of Notre Dame. My dad wasn't a fan of Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, same. You know, so I inherited that Notre Dame disdain for my dad. Yeah. Where you know, and and you because Notre Dame football for them to be just independent from everybody just rubs mm-hmm. me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I think that honestly, uh, could other teams do what Notre Dame does? Probably independently. But come on. You know, you've got to, you know, if everybody else can join the conference, you can join a conference. Yeah. You shouldn't have NBC all to yourself for all those years either. That, that was, you know. And so, yeah, so I enjoy watching Notre Dame lose. Mm-hmm. And to lose to Cincinnati. Uh, an afterthought team, yeah. You know, because the, the what used to happen was when when we were starting to get a little bit older, Notre Dame would beat up on those teams. It was only when they played USC. It was only when they played Stanford. It was only when they played you know whoever you know one of those you know big names on their schedule that they would get embarrassed. Yeah. And now it's well, you know, Cincinnati. Yeah, this, they didn't this, look great against Kent State. Yeah, it always Kent State. My bad. I said Toledo. I knew somebody in Ohio, a MAC team, was <laughs> giving them all they want. I think that was a yeah, that was a South Bend too. Yeah, so they didn't even, they didn't yeah. even get to the bowl game this year. It just they just having the regular season, so it just maybe they got put out of their misery, and then we didn't have to wait till New Year's for it to happen. Right, right. So, <laughs> congrats to Cincinnati. Uh, I tell you, the social media accounts for these teams. It's great. I don't know if you saw Cincinnati football. They what they tweeted out. They spliced together Brian Kelly talking about Cincinnati's program when he was at Cincinnati, <laughs> and it was fabulous. <laughs> he was talking about what a great place. Like you know, he's in his Cincinnati gear. Like these, these uh, uh, <laughs> man, these social media accounts they're they're getting pretty savage. So, uh, so with college football this year, like who? I know there's Georgia and Alabama, but you know it, it's not the same old people. Now you got Iowa and Penn State. That's right. Weekend, mm-hmm. Which, for some reason, College Game Day is not there. Yeah, um, crazy. But woo, it's gonna it's gonna be a good one. Uh, the Iowa uh, team is really built like the Kentucky team. They play really, really good defense. Uh, they kind of limit uh, what they do on offense. They don't have a, they don't have a quarterback that's gonna, you know, throw for three hundred yards, and they just beat you up for sixty minutes. Like that's just what they do uh, against Maryland. Who you know, it's Maryland, but you know they had five interceptions. Uh, yes. Actually, they had more than that. I think they had seven. It was ridiculous. They had a bunch of turnovers. Mm-hmm. And so the and that offense, was Kua's brother, right? They just, it, it yes. just dressed him down. Yes. And because, and so it's, at one stretch, it was like 7-7. Seven, seven, and people were like, uh-oh. And then Iowa scored five touchdowns and, and barely gained over 100 yards to do it. That's the kind of field position <laughs> they were working in. 
And so we saw a lot of these national people like, you know, I was going to win the championship and only get like 200 yards of offense in the championship game. Like that is what they do. It was very much like, uh, like Kentucky, like Kentucky against Florida. Like we're going to let our defense push you around, get a special teams play here or there, get us some turnovers. That's what we're going to do. So this is a big game for Iowa. Uh, a lot of folks, you know, I think Kirk Ferentz has said, you know, this is the biggest game since I think number two. Well, it's at least the highest ranked team to play in Iowa City since Michigan was number two in 1985. Wow. Wow. Huh. And this is Penn State's five, right? And I was four. I mean, yes. Yes. So like Ohio State or Michigan wasn't hey. higher than that. In, in Iowa City between since 85 to now. That's Bizarrely enough, they never played in Iowa City. When, mm. Like, they would all, and, and that's been, I've heard that before from Iowa fans. Like, they always have to play the tough Big Ten teams. It just always seems to fall. Like, if it's Michigan, Ohio State, whoever it is, Wisconsin, yeah. there's always a road game. Wow. Like, they would never, it just, and I was like, that just, that sounds bizarre to go yeah. back to 1985 because Michigan, Ohio State, and Wisconsin, off the top of my head, have always been, they've been, had some really good teams, you would think at some point. But this is, uh, this is it. So it's a big game. It's a big game in Iowa City. The fans are going to be there. Uh, they're going to do the Iowa wave. It's a, it's a, it's a big time game. So hopefully, uh, at the end of Saturday, uh, my team and, and Kate's team will be uh, will be six and zero. Oh. That's our that's our hope. What time is our game? Is that prime time too? <sighs> I didn't even look. I should I should know that. Are they like Iowa, Penn State? I'm trying to tap it in as we speak. Uh, what Penn? It's it's four o'clock. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so it, it's not even a night game, so uh, but it's it's a big time game. It is mm-hmm. a big time game. Uh, of course I'm gonna of course I'm gonna go with with the Hawkeyes, baby, because uh, by the time I get married in two weeks, both of our teams are gonna be seven and oh. I'm putting it out there in the universe. We're gonna those bye weeks seven and oh, baby. That is um, yeah. But but Iowa look, they're they're excited. They're they're excited. Uh, about uh, about having really good look. Most fan bases are fanatical, but mm-hmm. I have found that Iowa fans in general, Iowa football fans, are pretty reasonable. Like they understand in the pecking order, you know, they're not going to outspend, out recruit Ohio State, right? They understand they don't have the mystique of Michigan. Right, they understand they haven't even had kind of the star players like uh, Ron Dane at Wisconsin. Right, mm-hmm. they're, they're not cool like Penn State. Like they they get that. Like Iowa people in general kind of understand. Like you know, people forget about us. We're in the middle of the country. They know we make corn, and we're just kind of hanging out. And so, Kirk Ferentz, uh, again, I was like, look, they they get seven or eight wins every year. They finish third or fourth in the Big Ten, sometimes second. Every now and then they'll win it, and that's okay. 
Like they are really okay. I, I got into a little debate with someone because I don't even know how this came up on you know after uh, the Kentucky game. It, the chatter was, would Mark Stoops go to Iowa? Mm-hmm. And his contention was, Iowa fans want to push Ferentz out. And I'm like, that is absolutely not true. That is absolutely not true. And they're like, well, he's in his 70s. They don't care. Look, Iowa's had two coaches in our lifetime. Aiden Fry and Kurt Ferentz. Kurt Ferentz has been coaching since 99. Like, Iowa, is, they look like the Steelers. They act like the Steelers, right? <laughs> like, if you go to coach to Iowa, you're going to be there 15 years. Like, if you look at their coaching tree, it takes three guys to get to the 60s. Wow. Maybe four. Maybe four. But I'm like, they ain't just changing up. And they and, and they know, look, we're going to be seven, you know, going to get eight, nine wins, go to a decent bowl game. Uh, if you look in recent history, they've actually kind of beat some SEC teams head-to-head in bowl games, and they're happy with it because they know every now and then they're going to get a, a season like this. Mm-hmm. Where they have the possibility to win the Big Ten and make some noise, just yeah. like they did with Brad Banks back in 02, I think it was, when they went to the Orange Bowl. There was that three-year stretch with Kurt Ferentz where they won like 32 games. Maybe more than that, but they they were very very good, and then they kind of regressed back to who they are. Uh-huh. And Iowa fans are like, okay, like Iowa hasn't won the Big Ten I think since like '03. But they they're not calling the fans to get fired. Yeah, they're just like, hey, we happy to be here. Like it's it's unnerving how like with it the fans are. Yeah, because Mark Rick, you know that was. I think he went from 02 or 05 without winning the SEC, and, and that's all you heard. And that that's, you know, and, and Ferris has gone 20 years without winning the Big Ten. That's just kind of the, that's the and, difference. And he's plotted along, like I told you before, when it comes to all-time Big Ten coaching wins, there's Bo Schimbeckler, Woody Hayes, and Kirk Ferris. Wow. Like, and, and they love him. They're like, great. You know, so he's going to have a good season this year. You know, if this is going to be a tough game. Now, is, right? is it the same for wrestling? Now, if the wrestling coach went on a drought, would they want him out? I mean, uh, this- now, now wrestling is a different animal. Wrestling is a different animal because, again, I was won 24 yeah. wrestling championships. Like, you know how we don't put any banners up, Final Four? They. They don't do anything unless you win a championship. Like the Big Ten championships, they don't put them up. So if the wrestling coach went from 05 without a Big Ten something, he got to go. Yes. Okay. The, yeah. Oh, yeah the, they get fanatical about wrestling, not football. Like, okay. The, well, Iowa, when we were coming up, when I was in high school, they had uh, Dan Gable was the coach at the time. And they won like 12 championships in a row. <laughs> And I've talked to people in Iowa. He won 12, was a runner-up, and then I want to think maybe a top five finish that next year. And it was like, and this is Dan Gable, who was like All-American at Iowa. Like, <laughs> he, there was a statue 
he had a statue outside the Carver Hawkeye Arena like four or five years into his coaching career. Okay. A statue? A statue. Okay. He went like two years without winning and people were like, well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, so when it comes to wrestling, it's a little bit different. But football, they're like, so fans is not on the hot seat. Like, I don't, I was like, I don't know who you're talking to. I've got, uh, well, we had Adam Jacoby on the show. Yeah. We need to have him back on. But, you know, he runs kind of the KSR of Iowa, Go Iowa Awesome. And so he's plugged in and he's like, yeah, no, nobody wants him going. Like, that's, (laughs) (laughs) like, especially now that they're, like, why? No. Why would you want him gone? Like, no. You know, nobody cares that he's seventy or seventy-one, whatever. Like, no. But you know, some 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 Kentucky fans were like, "Well, you know, the Iowa is, would be a lateral move." I'm like, "Are you what? <laughs> if if Stoops were to go, that's it, it. Would be a little bit of a step up, I think. And I'm not saying he's gonna go, but the folks in Iowa know who he is." Just like we kind of say, who's going to replace Cal, right? And everybody's got their favorite dude to replace Cal, whether it's uh, Chris Holtman. And, uh, you know, we, we know, right? Everybody's got their favorite guy who's going to replace Cal. Iowa fans have their favorite, and they've got an Iowa alum who is putting Kentucky football on the map. Of course people are going to – they're going to kick the tires, if the, if the time comes two or three years down the road if if uh kentucky's put up you know a 10-win season let's say things break right and they make it to the sec championship game they get to a big new year six bowl of course i don't know who the ad at iowa is but of course you have to talk to stoops mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you got you got at least say hey 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 you gotta have a conversation And they're like, well, why would he go? Man, I know everybody, again, everybody forgets about Iowa. It's a great place to live. You're you're as low pressure as you can get. Mm -hmm. Because like I think I told you before, like their identity is we are tight in you. From George Kittle to Dallas Clark to a bunch of other dudes in the NFL, like, you know, that's what uh, uh, Kittle said on uh, Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> tight in you. Like, that is their whole thing. And I told you, and it happened at my stepson's uh, football game this last week. They've got a six foot four, six foot five white kid. He caught two touchdowns last week. That's just like, that's just what they do. That's just what they do in Iowa, start at the high school level. <laughs> you got to, you put your best athlete at quarterback and, you know, somebody that can throw the ball and you just have a big old tight end. Like, that's just what they do. And I respect it. <laughs> you know? Just like for a stretch there in Indiana, every high school kid was trying to be Damon Bailey with the short yeah. shorts yeah. in the perfect form. They leaned into it. They like Hoosiers. And they leaned into that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what they do in Iowa. So, But again, I don't know when Ferentz will step down. I don't know if Stoops would want to leave. You know, uh, Bob had the chance to leave for other things, and he didn't. And he kind of rode off into the sunset. So I don't know. I'm just saying Iowa knows who Mark Stoops is. And, and 
Stoops doesn't give you, you know, a bunch of crap. He don't feed you a bunch of crap. Every, you know, he you can pretty much. Boy, he don't. He don't. If he don't mean it, he doesn't say it. Right. Uh, he he was on. You know, you heard him in his press conference. I'm I'm not gonna be here forever, but I hope to be here for a long time. He said that several times. He was. <laughs> I've listened to a couple episodes of the. The podcast with, with Max Duffy, the, the Pen and Deep podcast, which is hilarious. Stoops on there. They had one Dale on there, so I listened to a couple of those. And on the podcast, still Stoops, I hope to be here for a long time. Uh, they were making fun of him about his coffee. They were, you know, they the whole family vibe, which every school says that kind of stuff. But they're they're busting his chops and giving him a hard time on the podcast, which lets you know when they're off the podcast how cool they really were, how how fun loving he is when it's when it's time to focus and be about business, it's time to do that. But if they didn't like the dude, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't have him on the podcast and kid around with him. You can tell they like him and he likes them and it just kinda came across and it was genuine. And- this is a good segue. Speaking of coaches that nobody likes, <laughs> your boy Urban Meyer. Um, like, you know, and I'm, you know, people have, you know, probably seen the clips and all this kind of stuff. They don't seem to like Urban Meyer very much. The players, like, you, you got that vibe during the preseason and losing four straight in the regular season. They don't seem to like him very much. And he doesn't want to quit and give up the money. The players don't want to give him the coach. The owner is like, you know, I'm not going to cut you a check just to go away. So it's a weird situation there in Jacksonville. And he had a quote today. Somebody said, you know, how are you going to get the team up for the Titans? And he said, you know, that's kind of up to them. What? <laughs> like, what? What is like this is bizarre. Like this is just what? Uh you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, this is him going, he's gonna go to USC. And to quote Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. I don't know if you have Googled and looked at what's going on at USC. Uh you know, uh Michigan State had the Larry Nasser situation with gymnastics, right? Oh. Uh-huh. USC had a campus doctor that worked in the clinic on campus do the same thing over 20 plus years. Uh-huh. The university settled with the victims for $1.1 billion. Double what Michigan State settled with uh, for the Nasser stuff. $1.1 billion that the university is on the hook for to settle this and they should pay every penny they should pay more right but then I started looking in in some articles talking about that they had a dean of I forget what particular college there that was uh, partying with co-eds and they had to settle that and you remember that whole scandal of uh, you know, Becky from Full House and all those rich parents uh, getting their kids in illegally. You know who took the fall for some of that? Athletic department staffers at USC. Oh. <laughs> you at the last thing USC could do 
is take that on. And yeah. people say, well, you know, football, you like, I, I, I'm sure football trumps everything, but everybody and their brother is looking at how USC handles this stuff. And you got a dude that at worst or at best, you could say, didn't report abuse when he was at Ohio State. And with these videos we saw of the weekend, his judgment ain't the best. And with USC being private and those donors like, as they should be like, hey, what is going on here? I don't see how they can pull that trigger. You, you just can't. So I think now, Herb, he's going to get, his, if he makes it to the end of the year, he's going to get some kind of settlement. I don't see how he makes it to the end of the year. When you say, hey, them dudes got to, you know, they got to motivate themselves. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, they own, they own. What? I ain't, I ain't gonna fly back home from from Cincinnati to Jacksonville. So I'm, I'm gonna go up here to Columbus, y'all. I catch y'all whenever I get back down there. <laughs> and, he, and he's and, and look, I ain't flying home to the team. I'm not trying to be the morality police, okay? But if you are married, you can't be acting a fool in your restaurant with you and your wife's picture on the wall. <laughs> What are you doing? Like, <laughs> you, come on. Like, you can't, you can't be that dumb. Man. That to me, look, if you, whatever. Just out again, there in the to, open, just yeah. right there wide open in the air, just in front of everybody. <laughs> I'm not trying to be the morality police, but, but damn it, you can't be this stupid. Like, you just Oof. can't be this stupid. Man. Like, that's offensive. With how stupid you are, and you you well known anyway, pretty much in a lot of places. But you you back like you said your own restaurant back in Columbus where you were wildly popular. You used to coach there. You you got a business going there. <laughs> and and people need to miss me with well you know he was on his own time. No, every coach, every coach tells every player. Wherever you are, you represent the university. That's what they all say. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at most of our jobs, your job people will say, hey, you know, be careful what you do even when you're off the clock. Now, we like, talk about ESPN and all these debate shows, but you know, we already talked about Orlovsky, how he was, how blown away he was with Lexington. It was his first trip there to call the game, but he was talking about, you know, if, if I'm a quarterback, I'm Trevor Lawrence, and I'm supposed to listen to you about leadership. I'm supposed to put my career in your hands. You sit there talking to me out of both sides of your mouth about how to do this and do that and do the other. And then I see you doing this. You know, it is, you know, it's, and like you said, the, the team ain't really trying to hear his apology. They ain't trying to hear, they ain't trying to hear nothing from him. And he threw Trevor Lawrence under the bus in his press conference. He said, we know Trevor Lawrence had a bachelor party in January. What are you doing? <laughs> like, like, I mean, come on, Urban, 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 Urban. What are but you doing? But he went to see his grandkids before he went to the bar, though. That makes it all good. I just went ate dinner with my grandkids. And... 
You, 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 your kids ain't out there dancing. Your kids ain't backing it. Come on, man. That that look, just <laughs> this could have been a done deal, but Urban just doesn't want to. I don't know. I don't know. He's a strange dude. Man. I, 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 you know, he's gonna go down as a as a as a great coach, but a a horrible person, and probably, you know, the the reason we should say. You know, maybe coaches. We should just see them as coaches. Like maybe we don't need to make them any more than just people that can that know football. Well, who who makes them the leaders of men? That's not all media. That, that's them themselves. Leaders that's, of men impacting young lives. All about relationships. That ain't all just us. No, it's not media, folks. They say it. <laughs> yeah, we buy into it. The 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 players talk about it. And look, you and I have had this conversation before, and I'm probably going to step on some toes, but I did not play football at any level. Did you play football? Nope. My dad did not play football. My brothers did not play football. Did that mean that we we never figured out how to be a man because we didn't play football? Like, we have let football, and I'm saying we, the collective we, get to a place where it is quasi-religious and it's a weird place to be for dudes that are just dudes I just you know we can't put and I'm on my soapbox a little bit but putting all these faith in dudes and they're just dudes yo I saw you tweeting about the police escorts at the end of the games look (laughs) (laughs) it's a whole thing like why does Nick Saban need, I counted them, five, five uniformed Alabama State Troopers protecting Nick, from who? From what? Like, what are, what? And I mean, they, they, there's, you know, uh, I know some places basketball have, like, what are we doing? Well, you know, the coaches, okay, I will give you one dude, but four to five dudes? The Pope only got three. Like, <laughs> how many Secret Service people you see around the the president? What are we doing? Uh-huh. And this is all on this is on all of us, man. You know, I'm I'm not exempting myself. I like football. I'm I'm starting to pull back a little bit, but this is it's too much. I think we've gone a little too far with this. Uh, and I think part of it is like I touched on earlier sports and, and football like where else are you going to get 60,000 people of all sorts of economic backgrounds all sorts of racial backgrounds all sorts of uh, 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 different educational backgrounds where are you going to get these people to congregate for what other purpose mm-hmm. there's no there's no other section you're going to I mean, what you're going to get you know the movies maybe you know before, you know before before covid you'd get people of that kind of cross section but think about it you go to your grocery store that's close to your house so you're generally with people of the same uh you know makeup as you but at a football game just look around you know of course you got your luxury suites you got your people where this is the only game they're going to go to in the nosebleeds and everything in between so i get it but that doesn't make football inherently special. And I know I'm stepping on a lot of toes, but uh, you know, 
yeah, I need to get down off my soapbox. But it's just these people are just coaches. That's it. That's it. Yep. They're, they're not any better, any worse than anybody else. They just coaches. Mm-hmm. That's all. And some really do try to practice what they preach and try to win and compete and you know at the highest level and, and really do genuinely care and some don't some right just, it, some it, out here, it, you know don't care about the kids don't, don't care about the image just I mean obviously you know saying one thing doing another that's a bunch of that too right and, and it's like that in every walk of life right yeah, I mean you've yeah. got good one everybody's got that teacher that they love everybody's got that teacher that they didn't like yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so and, and believe me, I understand how it goes. My dad was a police officer. They don't have a good reputation right about now. Deservedly so in some cases. But there's good ones and then there's not good ones. I get it, man. But the deification of coaches, uh, you know, I anyway, we 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 need to move on. I need to come off that. But that Urban Meyer thing is just I don't know how the dude is gonna how he's going to be the long-term solution at uh, at Jacksonville. And we said this when he was faking heart attacks at other different stops and still getting jobs. Yeah. So this pattern has been going on for, you know, we, we didn't know him at Utah. He put them on the map and with your boy Alex Smith and undefeated and boom, okay, wow. And then, you know, he, he parlayed that into other jobs, but you know, going get tough. We we have a little cardiac problem, and and then you know we quit. Then we come back. We say we got to spend time with our family, and we we do the Clark Griswold again with the family. Okay, hey family, oh good to see you. We'll get another job. Uh, you know, just like Clark at the Grand Canyon again. There I go referencing that movie. Get another job. Gets tough. Take a few losses that you don't want to take, and it's hard to swallow. And, and so you quit and step away. Uh, and and this is just repeating itself. So I mean, Jacksonville, they they kind of should have known what they were signing up for. Maybe I don't know what they thought would be different. And he he's coming to the pros where he's never been, but we, he's gonna be fine. <laughs> so I don't know what the thinking was behind that, but we we've seen this for how many years now out of Earth. Yeah, you know, at, at some point, you know who this person is. And, and you know, and Louisville fans won't like it, but it's like Bobby Petrino. Yeah. Y'all knew who he was the first time. Right. When he flirted with every job, I, you know, my whole thing was, look, do coaches, are they always, you know, I won't say always, that's, that's not true, but do coaches try to maneuver and jockey for bigger, better jobs? Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's a way to do it. You, you don't meet it under a clandestine thing. Uh, you know, meet a plane that flew into Indiana. Like, that was just all that. It, get, it gets caught, and at first it's denied, and it's like, well, yeah, I did. Okay. Right. That was the first time. And then all this stuff, you know, gets to Atlanta. He only made it to, what, week eight, week nine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, puts the letters in the in people's locker. Like, there's a more clip. effort into doing that than he did anything else. Yeah, there's a clip of, of Arthur Blank talking about just how he was like, yeah, this, you know, he he knew kind of early on this wasn't going to work, and you know, then he has all the stuff in Arkansas, 
and then Louisville brings him back, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, when he when he talking to Auburn when he was at Arkansas before he went back to Louisville, it was it was did yeah, he yeah, like, I mean, the Auburn job, and it was right, uh, right, and then you know, because that was the same time Stoops and everybody wanted Petrino. I was like, man, you can't bring that dude here. Mm-hmm. You can't bring the dude to Lexington. Well, because Coach of Louisville, no. Like, no, <laughs> I I can read what he's done. Mm-hmm. And yay, verily, it came to pass. Now, credit, a lot of my Louisville friends were like, what is going on? Yeah. You know, uh, with that. And then he le- he leaves, and it's just like, oh, it is, it is terrible. It, like, it's, it's just terrible. And like that Urban Meyer clip, I text you. I forgot about that. He was on Sports Center or somewhere, and whatever was happening off screen on the Zoom, he was like, you know, he making them eyes like, no, 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 don't come over here, don't. And and <laughs> yeah, you saw a shirtless dude in the mirror, and then he left, and then you saw him, you know, talking with his eyes while he's trying to play it cool on TV, but he was no, no, no. Mm-hmm. and I I had forgot about that clip until I, and I saw it today and sent it to you but like you said he's he just wild man he's wilding out all the time yeah and you know and the, and the thing is you know these college coaches uh, trying to go to the NFL it, it doesn't work it just doesn't work because what you did and, and not just you know college uh, coach, uh, ba- football coaches, but basketball coaches. It didn't work for Patino. It didn't work for Coach Cal. Like it, it doesn't. It didn't work for Mike Montgomery. Like it just, it doesn't work. No. Because what you're used to doing, you can't do. Because no. if you are at Ohio State, you have a talent edge just about every time you take the field. You don't have that in the NFL. The, the, you know, you may end up with like a Aaron Rodgers or you know some you know Patrick Mahomes, but top to bottom the rosters are very very close, and you know you can't you can't yell at cat you can't you can't have the control over grown men like you do when you're in college, and that's what it is a lot of times as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now flipping to the wherever you want to go to, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and flip to the NBA. Your guy, because he spent time in L.A., Pal Gasol called it a career, saw the clips, and you, know, you forget how good young Pal was at Memphis. You know, you remember when he got to L.A. and winning championships and all that, but you know, over 20,000 points. Um, he was the clear second option for that second stint of titles with Kobe. Uh, and he just had a long, great career. The, the stuff he did for Spain on the national team, and he's got a pro team now that he's uh, like, like like Lamar Odom was about to try out for his team, his pro team that he's got now. So just you know, been around the game forever. A great player. You know, we'll, we'll be seeing his Hall of Fame induction here when when the time comes for for Pau to go. You know, uh, again. Uh, the Lakers thing is we'll have two of the of the best <laughs> and figure it out. And they did three straight finals, uh, back to back. 
2009-2010 Powell was one of the best passing big men uh, you've got to put him top five Europeans to play uh, in the NBA uh, not talking about like Arvidas Sabonis who we only got to see when he got old I'm talking about you know like the Dirks that have really spent uh, some time uh, in the uh, in the NBA uh, he was great uh, Lakers going to put his uh, uh, his number retire his number put his name in the uh, rafters and, and as good as he is maybe he's the least if you were ranking him he might be the last guy on the list of retired Lakers numbers that's what I, I was just trying to say whoa I mean I guess he, you know, he deserved the honor but wow he's yeah, he coming off the bench on that, that squad. Right. That squad. Right. It's not until you see the Lakers retired numbers that you're like, oh, yeah. Because it's just Wilt, Kareem, Shaq, Magic. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Magic, if you're doing that Lakers Magic, five, Magic. Yeah. yeah, if you're doing the Lakers five, Powell is the, is the backup at the power forward because you and I talked about that before. The four being the one spot where you're like, Okay, maybe the Lakers don't have an all-time great, great mm-hmm. at the four, mm-hmm. but you could any combination of Lakers plus Pow at the four. That's a pretty good team. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, those those young clips. He was he was working in Garnett, going baseline and dunking on him, and yeah, it was. I forgot about those. Little, I forgot about young Memphis Pow. So cool to see that. Yeah, and, and, and speaking of the NBA. Uh, look, man. Uh, we we got to stop giving Kyrie. We we got to stop giving Kyrie air. <laughs> when the dude said the world was flat, it was cute, but he was always that dude. You know, I, every barbershop I've ever been in always has the guy that can see a conspiracy in everything. Mm-hmm. And the dude that thought he was smarter than everybody else the dude that didn't that didn't uh, you know they only put espn on channel 25 because channel 26 like all right all right you know what whatever I, you know we've all had those dudes Kyrie's just that dude yeah and folks uh are, are building him up like nobody's listening to Kyrie. nobody of import is listening to what Kyrie says because the dude said the earth was flat. Right? But the what's going on in the NBA with dudes not wanting to get stuck. Look, we solved this with the NFL. All these dudes weren't going to get the vaccine, blah, 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 blah. Until the NFL said, okay, now your game checks are in the balance. And a whole mm-hmm. lot of dudes went and got back. Like, Andrew Wiggins. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I did research. He researched what his paychecks were going to be. And he said, what I got is nice, but 30 more million dollars would be even better. Now, Kyrie may be that dude to walk away. Like, because again, he thinks he's doing something different than everybody else. But some of these dudes, and, you know, I don't want to get on the hot button issue of the vax and all that, but some of this, like, Wiggins' thing was he had a reaction to Tylenol, so now he carries an EpiPen. And I want to say, dude, the EpiPen, dude, like, that's medicine too. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> like, yo, look, if you don't want to take it, all right. But don't just say, because I don't know what, I don't know what's in it. Man, there's so much stuff. Look, I don't know how a plane flies, but I still get on a plane. Like, there's just some stuff to live in society. You just have to, uh, okay, whatever. If you go to a restaurant, you don't know 100% what you're eating. You go to a grocery store. You don't know. I don't know exactly what's in Pop-Tarts, but I eat them. Like, I don't know how peanut butter is made. I look at some of the ingredients. I'm like, I don't know what that is. I eat it anyway. Like, sometimes you just have to just assume things are going to be okay. And so I get the, the vaccine hesitancy, but some of these dudes... Like we can't make Kyrie and 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 Wiggins the voice of all NBAers. That's not fair. Because when Cole Beasley and even Cam Newton in NFL were saying all this stuff, and and and, and your boy uh, Kirk Cousins, we laughed about it because a lot of the stuff they were saying was dumb. But we didn't say the NFL's got a problem. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing about the the uh, the uh, uh, NBA Players Association, you know that's the union for everybody. So if the league pushes to some sort of some sort of mandate, the league has got to to fight. You know, if 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 ownership says we want to do this, it's on the players union to say, no, we're not going to do this. And those dudes don't really want to stand up and be fighting on the side of Kyrie Irving. So it's a a delicate balance because nobody, nobody wants to go to bat for that. Well, you know, he's the VP. That's because nobody else wants to do it. Like, I mean, it's like saying, well, you know, so-and-so was your vice president of your high school class. Like, come on, man. Like, that that really doesn't have cachet. You know, it doesn't. So not the president, just the VP. Okay. They just need somebody to fill that role. And he was like, yeah, I mean, okay, that doesn't mean a lot. But dudes ain't listening to Kyrie. Particularly the dudes that have been in a locker room with Kyrie. Because if he told us the earth was flat, what is he telling the dudes when they're, you know, traveling around? Yeah. I guarantee LeBron's been like, dude, (laughs) <laughs> like, and we got, you know, I've had friends like that. I go to barbershop with people like that. Kyrie doesn't have any sway. Am I saying there's not any anti-vaxxers in the NBA? That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, Kyrie ain't the dude. Like, and making Kyrie the poster child, y'all must really think that NBA players are stupid. <laughs> and, so, and some of them are showing that they are, like Andrew Wiggins. But to make Kyrie Irving and the flat earth thing was just one of the things that he said that you're just like, what? Yeah, he was just getting warmed up. Yeah. Yeah, and he's throwing out a whole bunch of stuff that you're just like, that that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But you know, the NBA look, they're gonna make money. Like Kyrie, I don't know, like he may very well walk away. And yeah. we'll be like, wow. You know, he's going to walk mm-hmm. away from his $200 million. I wouldn't. No. You know, but because a lot of these folks are anti-vax or anti-anything until the rubber meets the road. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. 
<laughs> Again, like Wiggins, like a like a bunch of people, like a bunch of people talk stuff until it's time to actually do it, and then people do it. Sure do. Change the tune quick. Change the tune quick. Um, real quick, the baseball playoffs start, and I, I got to you know root for my Braves. They made it, won a division, so happy about that. Uh, took them forever to even get above 500. Uh, that was just a struggle in itself. Just kept and when they when they get it together, they can just kind of pull away from the division. They finally did. You know, in the, the National League East wasn't super strong. The Braves did. Pulled away. Probably. And well, we'll see what happens. Um, with the wild card starting last night, the Yankees got knocked out. So that's that's always happy for me because the Yankees to me are kind of there with Notre Dame. I never cared for them either. So I was glad to see <laughs> Boston knock them out. And I know they got on everybody's nerves. I, they start winning World Series, but I still root for them over the Yankees. Yeah, man. Baseball, uh, you know, Yankees, Red Sox. Uh, <laughs> You know they, they couldn't wait for that. They couldn't wait for that wild that one game playoff last night. Couldn't wait. It, it, it's like, come on, man. It, it's it's <laughs> you know it's like when Brady went back to uh, the Patriots. Like, oh god, and uh, they got Adele songs and oh come on, man. Like <laughs> that was too much. That was I rewatched the Kentucky Florida game. It was it was on at the same time. I watched the game again instead of watching uh, Tampa Bay and New England. Because then look. This is this is. Uh, I've I've shared this with folks, you know. As a 49er fan, I watched Joe Montana for the Chiefs light up the 49ers on Monday Night Football. Like, if I can do that, you'll be okay. And Today Show wasn't there, and, and CBS Evening News wasn't there. All those people were on location. Yeah. Uh, what Friday leading up to the game? I thought, well, come on now, it's gonna be good TV, high drama, which it wasn't. It was rainy and nasty and ugly when I did flip over there. We ain't gotta have Robin Roberts now, Roker, and uh, Ryan Seacrest and everybody up there two days before that game. Just wasn't. It was just, it was just doing too much. It, it, yeah, I'm like, did he die? Like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, you, you know, come like, come on. The, the thing that I have noticed is uh, talk about Urban Meyer with no fans. The Patriots don't have any fans. Yeah. Like when you're out and about, like in the world and out and around, like how much New England Patriot stuff do you see? Mm. Like, despite all of the winning, and you know, people don't rock with the Patriots like that. Like I, I'm, I'm on the record. Like you're, you're the Cowboys fans. I know y'all feeling chesty Ooh. right now. What? But you know, Cowboys fans. There are a lot of them. They roll deep. They show up and show out. Steelers fans, same way. Packers fans, same way. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this, 49ers fans. There, there's not as many of us as you would think. Yeah. You know, people. You know, people don't rock with the 49ers quite like that. And you would think, with 20 years 
of being really, really good, you would see more New England fans, but it yeah. seemed like most of them were just fans of Tom Brady. Just the front runners. They ain't even they ain't even a lot of front runners, you're right. Just bandwagon jumpers. There ain't much of that. Yeah, but you don't see a whole lot of people that are down for the Patriot cause. Like you don't uh-huh. like, you don't you don't see that. Uh-uh. Like I look We've all seen those pictures and memes of Cowboys fans, you know, people that got their whole house with a star all over the place. You see people that got that green and gold G. You see that black and white P. You don't see that with the Patriots. Like, people just don't rock with them like that. That's true. So, that's what made it anticlimactic is, you know, for me, there wasn't even that will they boo him or will they they're not gonna boo him because they're no. all Tom Brady fans mm-hmm. you know so I don't know it just it seemed like overkill and I get it you know it's a story but it, it just went way over the top mm-hmm. because I know that you had to watch Emmett Smith you know run the ball you know when he was in the Cardinals and all this kind of stuff uh, you know well, luckily, your Cowboys, you haven't had a whole lot. It's not like Roger Staubach went to the Saints or something. And, you know, yeah. your Cowboy fans have been have been pretty lucky. Yeah, you had Tony Dorsett with Denver for a minute. Yeah. Emmett, uh, you know, and you had, unfortunately, you know, Troy and Michael got hurt and their careers got cut short. Maybe they would have had to eventually do that, but they just had to quit playing before they got to that point so uh, I think Kent uh, you know with the, Dion was just moving around everywhere Charles Hayes yeah he, became, he was a mercenary yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah as far as just you know all time Cowboys it hasn't happened a ton sure I still I'm still sad when wasn't it, didn't Ken Norton get traded to the Niners? Wasn't that a trade? And he leave as a free agent. Like, free agent. Free agent. That, that, that one was sad. That made me sad because he was he was one of my favorites on the defense. And that defense was was stout. Of course, it didn't get the bill in the offense did, but love some Ken Norton, you know, playing. Yeah. You know, with those Niner colors. But I'm, he turned out to be a, a good defensive coordinator now. It's cool. Send him on the sidelines, I think. I, what, for Seattle, I know you hate the yeah. fact that he's going against your Niners now as a coach, but uh, yeah, I hated when he left to go to San Francisco. That one, that one stung a little bit. But you know, that's that's part. Of, I, can you, you know, know, I don't really buy jerseys anymore because everybody moves around. So you know, that's, that's the way. Yeah. It is. <laughs> well, you know, because you know, I've got a lot of jerseys. Yeah, uh, most of them. You know, back in the back in the nineties, mm-hmm. and I finally, I finally shelled out. I was like, Jerry Rice is my dude, and got Jerry, and, and he went to the Raiders like the next season. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. whatever, I'm rocking this. And then yeah. after that, see, I haven't bought a jersey in a long time. Uh, I got I got Kobe, I got Kobe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, you know, I got that right when he turned, when he when he picked up number 24, so that's what, at least 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that was before the, the second, uh, that, that back-to-back, so yeah. So, 
I got all these jerseys, but yeah, I don't have them. You know, they're not they're not new. Right, right. <laughs> so you don't have an eight, Kobe. You got twenty four. I've got twenty. I got Kobe twenty four. Yeah. Uh, I've got my three Tim Browns. Oh, uh, right, yeah. And I'm not even a Tim Brown fan. <laughs> but if you could walk in and just be like, "Yeah, I'll take that," and it's got, it's like it's personalized. Exactly, exactly. I get it. If there was you know, a V Hardy, anybody, I'd probably do the same. Because I got one of them. I got it. Just has Brown on the back. And then uh, Larry Brown, your dude, left the Cowboys and went to the Raiders. Uh-huh. So then they had to do L and T, and I was like. As soon as I saw the T Brown, I was like, "Ooh, yo!" I was like, "Let me get my nickels together." I was like, "Mama B, Daddy B." <laughs> I was like, "I got to, I got to." Which I would, I if I had to, I might, you know, I, I don't have a Emmett Smith jersey. I don't have an Elijah one. I, I had a couple of Roy Williams. That's how old my Cowboys jerseys are. Back when Roy Williams was a thing for Dallas, I got McGrady and Harden. Uh, my wife got me a, a Justin Upton Brave jersey when he was with the Braves, but see, he didn't, he didn't stay long either. You know, just, you know guys move around. So, you know, my collection isn't as extensive as yours. You, I mean, you break out the Robert Tractor Trail on Twitter, and, like Ben Baker. And, you know. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I got. You know, that was a good thing when I was playing basketball with those young kids because I would break out something and they would have no idea. Uh, I got I got Glenn Rice on the Heat and I wore that back when LeBron and you know, LeBron was at the Heat and they were like, who is that? Like, they couldn't process who that was. Yeah, crazy. And, and the last time I had one on, I, uh, I was somewhere and I had on my Kenny Anderson. Of course, he was net seven. And everybody's like, oh, you know, KD. I'm like, no, no, I'm not Katie. You know, so yeah, I've got I've got some random ones, and you know, probably my favorite random one is Clyde Drexler on the Rockets. Yeah, because uh. <laughs> it's Clyde Drexler, but it's like the two seasons he was. Well, actually, it was the one season because I've got the old. It's the red and yellow one, and I think like that '96 season when they went to the rocket ship and all that. Yeah. So just the yeah. one season contracts was in the old school Rockets when I was like, yeah, I'll take that. So yeah. it's it's random. It's random. I had the I got the you know you remember the shooting shirts that they used to wear oh, over yeah. the jersey. I had yeah. I got that Rockets ship shooting shirt, uh, but I don't have a. No, I, I take it back. I, I have a Steve Francis rocket ship jersey. <laughs> My bad, I forgot about that one. I got I got a Steve Francis in there. And then I got the red, white, and white and red. But yeah, I got I got Stevie in there. <laughs> so uh, eventually, I would love to get like a Magic Johnson or anything like. But really, for me, uh, really basketball, all I do is play ball in. So you know they're good to, to slide on for that. But yeah, I got quite the collection. Uh, you know, got my Shaq, got my Mashburn home and away. Yeah, I got you know, got a, got a whole bunch. Got my Ray Ray in Connecticut, so let's <laughs> forget when Mass dropped fifty on the Bulls. I was just I just had to be watching. It was a WGN game and it was just a random Bulls game and Mass lit him up for fifty when he was with the Mav. And Pippen was guarding and Pippen was getting worked that night. Man, did you see the Bulls? Uh they're they're bringing back the intro 
uh, that they had for the the Jordan era Bulls. The oh, I don't know what song it is, but they're bringing that old. Oh, okay. They're bringing that old intro back, and it's like uh, okay, but <laughs> I don't know who the dude is that gets introduced last, but it ain't from North Carolina. Like who did it? Uh, from straight out of high school Zach Levine yeah so I don't know yeah I don't know how that's going to work but uh, but man another another good show we covered a lot of ground tonight yeah man forward to LSU we had fun talking about Florida we hit all kind of topics our Penn State Pal Gasol uh, all that you know and like you said count down to wedding time so it's we're getting there you know getting real y'all registered anywhere no we're not we're not registered um we just look she's 45 i'm 44 like our whole thing is we've been like because with me moving and we've been getting rid of stuff because mm. you know all the stuff you would register for like we had you know two toasters two blenders like right we, we're trying to downsize <laughs> all that kind of stuff uh, you know people people have asked and I'm like hey we appreciate it uh, she had a, a, like a bachelorette weekend this weekend and just you know because I guess this is the thing she just posted her Venmo and made 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 some money to, wow. you know, for, for a night on the town so yeah. that, you know you know we've in uh, the RSVPs People have put, you know, gift cards and that kind of thing, which is great. But honestly, we don't need anything at, at this stage. So we're not, we're not registered. But man, getting close. Very, very excited. Uh, I mean, right at, right at two weeks, man. So, woo. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, hope everything falls into place smooth as possible. All the running and everything gets lined out and. You know, hope everything just just flows for y'all. Yeah, we we we're doing good. Uh, doing the Airbnb, make sure people people got places to stay and different things like that. So it, it I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Right, uh, good. Like yeah. I said, trying to sell my place and get married and do all this kind of stuff all within the same thirty days has been a little rough, but I'm making. Well, we're definitely happy for y'all. Appreciate you hopping on this evening and every evening. Appreciate everybody that takes the time to listen and tell your friends and retweet it and share it and all that good stuff. And appreciate y'all checking us out on Facebook and Twitter at Cats Talk Wednesday for the University Viral Terry TB Brown. This is Benny Hardy. Go Cats, beat LSU. We'll see everybody next week. Yes, sir. Yeah.